This episode of The Lutheran Cartographer is sponsored by Ad Crucem. Get wonderful gifts, Christmas ornaments, art, and cards at adcrucem.com or go to lutherancartographer.com slash 2020gifts to be taken to their site. The Lutheran Cartographer, Episode 51 Welcome to the Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we're going to Iowa to a two-point parish, St. Paul's and St. Paul Lutheran Church in Buckeye, Iowa and Alden, Iowa, where Pastor Bill Traffigan is the pastor there. Pastor Traffigan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. So help orient our listeners geographically. Most know where Iowa is, but where exactly in Iowa are we? Uh, we're almost uh, we're almost dead center geographically. Uh, Story City is the geographic center, and uh, we're just uh, northeast of there, uh, a few a few miles. Uh, if you know uh, if you know Iowa, uh, Ames, we are. Uh, if you come up 35, 28 miles, we're just a few minutes uh, to the east of that. Buckeyes to the south of Highway 20 and Alden is just to the north of it. If you're less familiar with Iowa and you only know Des Moines, uh, we're about an hour north of that, uh, up 35, and then we're uh, two and a half hours south of Minneapolis. All right, good deal. So tell us about yourself. What's your background? Where have you lived before? Uh, I was born and raised in McCook, Nebraska. I was a cradle Lutheran, and uh, after uh, my upbringing uh, there, I went and did my undergrad in uh, Seward, Nebraska at Concordia with the great encouragement of my pastor and my pastor's wife. It probably was not my first choice. Uh, somehow, some way, I ended up there. And then uh, I finally uh, went to the seminary um, after that in Fort Wayne. After uh, uh, I, I learned a few things there, uh, then I was uh, sent to uh, the great state of North Dakota. Uh, some people think that Iowa is rural, um, and, uh, and that's probably true. Uh, North Dakota, there are parts of it that are really uh, not even rural, they're just isolated. Um, and that's where we were in central North Dakota. Um, it wasn't it wasn't really that bad. Uh, we really got used to it and, and, and learned a few things. But uh, the idea of you know having to drive over an hour to Walmart to shop for groceries, even for someone who grew up in western Nebraska, that was a little bit different um, than what I was used to. And, uh, and that was fine. We learned how to uh, freeze milk in our freezer and all sorts of other things. And uh, we got along just fine. And uh, after a short time there, uh, I took a call to uh, Eastern Iowa to serve uh, Bennett and Stanwood. And then uh, this last uh, March, uh, we moved uh, to our current location uh, in Alden. And I also serve the church uh, in Buckeye, just south of here. That's fantastic. Yeah. I think the smallest town I've ever been in was Zoll, North Dakota, which was a population of seven people. Yeah, North Dakota, you can get some small towns there. So tell us a little bit more. How would you compare where you are now at in Buckeye and Alden with these other places? Is there a big contrast there, or would you say that it's mostly the same sort of rural atmosphere? Uh, I, I really only lived uh, in a city while I was in uh, Fort Wayne uh, and then on Vicarage when I was in Terre Haute, Indiana. Those places certainly have their, uh, their own charm uh, for, for cities, but uh, all of the other places that we have lived, all of the towns and the churches that I've served, They've all been uh, rural small towns 
where the Lutheran Church is uh, is maybe maybe not uh, big by anyone's standards, but it is uh, uh, fairly prominent in town, just because it's one of the uh, one of the only things in town. And uh, uh, so where we are now, I think is pretty similar. You know, farmers are farmers uh, pretty pretty much wherever you go. Uh, there are of course uh, some differences. I think here locally, the Lutherans that I interact with the most. You, you have the farmers, but there's also a number of people, uh, I think more so here, that uh, own, their, own their own business um, than some of the other places that I have been. This is also uh, pr- probably the uh, two of the larger congregations of the uh, rural congregations that I've served. And they're not, they're not huge by any means, but they are a little bit larger. You've got your typical you know, benefits of uh, small town living where everybody knows everybody for better or worse. You also have... There, there, there is this idea, well, we're the small town, we're not like, you know, in, in North Dakota, it was like, well, we're not Bismarck, you know, uh, because that was the closest, uh, closest big town. And here, Al- Alden doesn't suffer from it too much, but it's like, well, we're not Iowa Falls, and Iowa Falls has all 5,000 people in it. And, uh, you know, we only have 750 in Alden. But uh, there is something to it, I think, that we, we've kind of, like, we just kind of assume that our children have to get up and, and move, and that's very typical of, of small towns. But uh, I've actually found that there are actually a lot of jobs here, which uh, kind of surprised me. I mean, I, I knew that there were some. Uh, obviously, people live here and they support their families, but there is more here than what I thought I would find. Large, large and by, um, uh, these uh, small communities are much like the other small communities um, I've been a part of. And uh, that uh, kind of makes it feel like home because uh, outside, of, uh, outside of talking about football, uh, I understand you had uh, a Pastor Poppy on a few weeks ago, and he uh, got to talk to you about uh, uh, the state of uh, Husker football and its idolatry. But outside of that, uh, we really get along uh, just fine here in Iowa, and it seems uh, very much, uh, very much like home. A lot of the same, uh, a lot of the same tendencies. I see. So, tell us a little bit more about one of the things you mentioned, and that is the idea of in a small town, people know your comings and goings. How do you start to navigate that? And for many of our listeners who come from a urban or suburban background, that's very unfamiliar to them. Say more about that. Um, well, I, I, I think you can, uh, you can look at it, I guess, positively or negatively. If you're a person that really loves um, your privacy and you know, if somebody does see you doing something, uh, they don't know who you are, and so they can't report your name uh, to their friends or whatever. Then small town life, probably whether it's here or someplace else, uh, is probably going to be difficult. If you're going to try to attempt that, I would really encourage you to uh, rent or purchase a home in the country where you have fewer neighbors uh, than what you do in town. But in town, um, it's really great. I know um, I know everybody on my block uh, by first name, and they know me. Uh, we know uh, each other's kids' names. If something is, uh, if we see something that's going wrong or something that might be an important life lesson, you know, we're able to uh, share that. Uh, we know where everybody works, um, and that's uh, very comfortable and I think very helpful. And it's also nice uh, being able to, to to know the families. You know, if their kids come over to my backyard and play, I, I know who their family is and I know uh, kind of what home they're being raised in. Uh, whereas if I lived in a city, I might not, I might not know my neighbors very well. I might know one or two of my neighbors, but I'm probably not going to know um, everybody down the street because I get in my car and I drive away. Whereas uh, here we uh, we walk down the block all the time. Uh, my kids love walking down to the library. They love walking to the post office, and uh, we get to say hi to the people uh, as we go. And uh, we've only been here a short time, but the longer that you're in a small town, 
the more that everybody gets to know you and you get to develop those relationships. And those might seem like a small thing, but I, I think that those are very valuable, even if we don't spend a lot of time together. I, I think it's very comforting to know uh, the people that live in your town. And uh, if push comes to shove and you need something or there's a problem, you know, we had the derecho come through and it was mostly south of us. But to see these small towns where everybody knew everybody come together and, you know, if there was a if there was a, a widow or an old woman somewhere who didn't have anybody to help take care of her. You know, that was one of the first places people went because they said, hey, we got to check on her and make sure she's OK. That's not going to happen if you don't know your neighbors. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's go on and talk a little bit more about the best things about Buckeye and Alden. I think there's there's a lot to like about this area. The first thing that I really like is B- Bennett and Alden uh, were not kind of uh, isolated uh, as a church or, or as communities. Um, there's a number of other good faithful Lutheran churches with Lutheran pa- good faithful Lutheran pastors in our area. Um, there's actually five other congregations that we can get to within 30 minutes. And so that kind of close proximity uh, is very good. Uh, Missouri Synod, we probably have more churches than most other uh, denominations uh, do in this area. And that makes it very nice that even if they don't go to our church, we know a lot of the other Lutherans in the area and we're able to kind of help and support each other. And we look forward after COVID, especially to being able to join uh, in with some of the events. But with uh, with Buckeye and Alden, um, each of these towns, Buckeye is very small, uh, only has about 100 people, uh, Alden about uh, 750. And so there's not there's not a ton going on in Buckeye, uh, but the people there are very uh, are very warm and sweet and gentle, and uh, they know everybody in town. There aren't any strangers there, and uh, and, and, and that's very good. Alden is much the same way, uh, but obviously a little bigger. There are uh, a number of businesses around town, and uh, it it is nice to be able to walk into some place and they cut your hair and you know who they are, uh, or you go down to the restaurant and you're like. Hey, there's my neighbor across the street, or hey, I know I, I know where my waitress lives, and there there is a certain uh, charm, and maybe it's not the same thing as uh, having dinner in your home, uh, but it almost is in, in in some ways when you get to know the people, and and we look forward uh, to that. Then uh, you've got uh, you've got Iowa Falls right there with five thousand people. There is uh, th- there's three grocery stores there. You've got Walmart, IV, and Fairway. And so it's not a it's not a huge city or anything, but I can be anywhere in Iowa Falls in 10 minutes uh, from Alden. And uh, so I get all of the benefits of living in, in the uh, much smaller community and knowing all of my neighbors really well. But then, you know, it's it's kind of like living in a city. I can in 10 minutes, I can be uh, anywhere and have anything that I need. And uh, and we really enjoy that. Yeah, definitely. By rural standards, that sounds like a you know, a big, not a big city, but certainly a city with lots of amenities. Uh, yeah, and we're, and we're kind of situated, um, you know, Ames is is uh, 40 minutes uh, uh, southwest uh, of us. Mason City is an hour north. Des Moines is an hour south. Waterloo is uh, an hour uh, to the east. And so Iowa Falls is kind of in the middle. And, and so it, it's, it's kind of that, uh, it's kind of that town that has to has to have a little bit more commerce in it because you're not going to get in the car and drive an hour <laughs> for, every, for everything you need. And so it has a little bit more and it kind of draws um, from the population around us. And so there is a little bit more going on in uh, that town of 5,000 people than a lot of other towns of, of 5,000 that I've, that I've been around. Let's go on and talk about what the most challenging things about living in that area are. I guess having 
uh, been part of so many small towns and having grown up with it, I don't really find it uh, all that challenging. I think there's a lot of things here that are that are really good, um, inc including the proximity to stuff. When we moved here, uh, we're like, well, yeah, there's Iowa Falls, but it's going to be like you know other places we've lived where you you can go and shop there, but it's going to be you know significantly more expensive, and you're not going to want to drive 40 minutes to Ames but you're going to want to because you want to be able to pay your bills and uh, take care of your family and you don't want to you know, um, uh, pay that much more for groceries. Um, so, so we moved here, we're like, well, yeah, we need to really limit our trips to Ames to like once a week or something to be able to get groceries and then kind of, uh, kind of be able to get by. But uh, the longer that we've lived here, the fewer trips to Ames that we make. And uh, now we just don't go to Ames uh, hard, hardly ever. And if we do, it's really more of a social visit than it is out of necessity. Whereas other places, you know, when we were in North Dakota, we drove we drove to Bismarck because, um, you know, we couldn't afford to shop at the little small town grocery store. I walked in right before I was ordained and it's like, well, maybe we won't shop here often, but if we get in a pinch or we forgot something or we run out of something, we'll shop here. And I just went back to see how much milk was and it was six and a half dollars a gallon. And I was like, I don't, <laughs> just like, you know, we're either just not gonna take milk um, or we're going to drive to Bismarck, and that's just the uh, that's just the way it was. Whereas here, um, I really feel like we have almost everything we need at our fingertips, and anything beyond that, it's probably not something that has to be purchased today. It's uh, if it's something that you're working on at home, it's probably something that you've planned to do. And uh, I've been I've been really in, I've been really impressed. And, uh, you know, we try to live uh, fairly simply, too, but, you know, being able to zip over and to uh, get a cup of coffee over in Iowa Falls, and, and you can get one here at the cafe, too, that's very enjoyable, whereas, you know, we've lived places where the gas station was as good as it is as good as it was going to get. And uh, when we were in North Dakota, you know, we'd go there, and uh, we actually we actually really learned to love it, but it was just like, uh, you know, the best pizza for miles around was out of a gas station, and it was, and it was quite good, and we were very happy to have that. Um, but that's not what most people are used to. <laughs> yeah, certainly. So say a little bit more about the weather in Iowa for those that haven't experienced in Iowa summer or winter. Yeah, well, we have, uh, we have four seasons. Um, the winters, um, I, don't, I don't find that they are particularly bad, but I grew up in southwest Nebraska, and so... You know, I, I was used to winter. Um, it got cold. Um, I remember when I was little, I used to have to, you know, uh, several times a year, I'd go out and help my dad shovel snow. And uh, when we lived in town uh, for a few years, um, you know, I, I was, you know, very, very small. We moved out to the country when I was five. But I, I remember following along my dad with a little tiny uh, plastic shovel. Um, and those were uh, really wonderful memories. Um, but we don't uh, we don't seem to get a bunch of big snows like we did back then. It seemed like then it just, just seemed like from what I remember it seemed like every three weeks we'd get we'd get another four foot of snow. <laughs> we'd be out there uh, we'd be either out there shoveling, and then after the wind blew, we'd have to go shovel it again. And uh, certainly there are times that we have that, but that's not like an every month sort of experience. Um, uh, you know, we, we spent uh, four winters now uh, here in Iowa, um, and they were in eastern Iowa, but uh, they were not particularly bad. I mean, we've got, we, we get snow, but I don't remember, I don't remember a time in, say, the last 20 years where we have winters like what I remember as a little kid, 
where I remember that like we couldn't go outside um, for recess at school uh, because the high for three weeks was minus four. You know, we just we just don't have that. Um, and, and we've had a couple of uh, we've had a couple of harsher winters uh, here and there, but nothing like uh, what I remember. And so I haven't I haven't spent a winter uh, here in this part of Iowa, but I suspect that it's not going to be a lot different. Um, but uh, the time to really be here um, is in the late spring and summer and early fall. Um, that's when uh, there's a lot of the, um, I, I, I guess, a lot of the um, outdoorsy activity uh, here. Certainly, there are people that you know they have their snowmobiles and they have and they have a great time doing that. But I really enjoy the summer here. Uh, there are so many parks um, and waterways around here. Um, it's it's really really impressive. Uh, Hardin County has I think like 60 parks and like 4,000 4, acres that the conservation board uh, uh, manages, and they do a really fantastic job. And there's tons of places to go camping. And so if you don't like one park uh, because it doesn't have this or it doesn't have that or it's not arranged the way that you would like it, um, you're not going to have to go very far to find something else. That makes sense. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Advent is already here and Christmas will come shortly thereafter. Ad Cruson wants to help you get ready this season with their wonderful collection of gifts, art, greeting cards, and Christmas ornaments. These things are great. They recently sent me some of their Christmas ornaments. They're pewter. They have a nice weight to them with striking designs on the front. They'll make a great gift for a loved one or a beautiful adornment for your own tree. They have a bunch of different designs. I gave one of their baptism ornaments as a gift recently, and I was proud and happy to do so. Ad Chrism also sells greeting cards and Christmas cards, one of my favorite of their offerings. They have just the right art on the front to punctuate the message, which is always robustly Lutheran. No saccharine, overly sweet bromides here. You'll find just the right message for every occasion. Check out their wonderful things at adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M.com or go to lutherancartographer.com slash 2020gifts to be redirected to their website. Check them out. Let's get back to our guest. Let's go on and talk about what it's like to be Lutheran where you are. A lot of people think of the Midwest and especially Iowa, Minnesota as like a very Lutheran place. Is that the case? What's it like to be Lutheran there? Um, it depends on what part of Iowa you're in. I'm, I'm fairly familiar with Eastern Iowa, not as familiar with this part of Iowa, but I've been, uh, I've been really impressed. Uh, this circuit and, and the pastors and the congregations um, there's not uh, the wide-ranging uh, variance that you might find in terms of uh, worship practices from congregation to congregation. Um, you uh, you don't have female lectors. You don't have open communion. You don't have any, any of those sorts of things. You have uh, from top to bottom. You have really good preaching, which which is important. And the other thing is, is I would say that here the Lutherans are more densely populated than they are in uh, some other parts of Iowa. My last circuit. It was an hour end to end. I could get to other congregations, probably three or four within a half an hour. But here, like I say, I can get to any church in my circuit in half an hour. And so, like, if I take a vacation and we and we stay home, and if we want to, uh, or if it's during the week and they have a uh, a festival during the week, uh, we were up to Latimer for Reformation Day because we didn't uh, we didn't hold uh, service on the day here. And it's just like, hey, 
we can run up there. It's 30 minutes and it's 30 minutes back. It's not a big deal, um, even on a Saturday night. And I can get back and I'm not uh, I'm not groggy for church the next morning. That's very good. So I, I think in terms of being a Missouri Synod Lutheran, I think it's probably easier here than it is in some other places. Uh, we uh, uh, All of our churches are suffering from the same demographic decline that all of our churches are and for all the same reasons. Outside of the Missouri Synod, um, as you move south um, out of this area, you, di- you do tend to get into more uh, pietistic areas, and that's reflected in some of the other Lutheran churches that are represented there. We would probably classify them as uh, conservative Lutheran churches, like there's a free Lutheran church. The ELCA is not uh, heavily represented in this area. Um, I know there's one half an hour south of us, and there's one over in Iowa Falls, but it's not like some places where you go to every town and it seems like there's an ELCA church. Um, and then like the Missouri Synod is, uh, you know, more lightly represented uh, in every other town or, or something like that. And so Missouri Synod has a, a pretty uh, a pretty good imprint in this community. And uh, it looks uh, that uh, even, you know, 30 years from now, if uh, some congregations have had to combine or whatnot, that it does appear that um, we'll continue to be well represented um, uh, in this area. And that's uh, that makes things a little bit easier, and it's nice. Uh, you know, if someone was to pick up and move here, or to move someplace else, one of the things that I would, um, I, if, I, if I was doing that as a father, I'd be like, well, if I move my family there, what, what happens um, if this congregation gets smaller over the next ten years and uh, cannot stay open? You know, am I going to have to drive an hour or an hour and a half to go to church, or are we going to have to move again? Uh, well, here you've got so many, uh, so many congregations, and uh, they're all faithful. Uh, the pastors, um, uh, the pastors are on the same page theologically. But that makes that very easy, um, I think. Uh, that that's not a that's not a concern I would have moving here. Whereas uh, there are some other places that I've lived that you know, if that one parish uh, goes under, um, all of a sudden now um, you have a uh, you have a real problem on your hands, um, in, in, just in terms of being able to participate. Uh, fully in the liturgical life of the congregation. Okay, yeah, that's an interesting thing that we haven't talked about before of thinking more long-term of like, what happens when I move here and 10 years from now, is this church still here? That's a that's a good way of thinking about it. All right, let's go on and talk kind of in the same vein what it's like to raise a family there. You've got the uh, typical small town, uh, small town things there's a lot of uh, a lot of pride uh, in our churches and in our community, and that makes um, it's pretty predictable that way. Uh, tends to be these communities tend to be more conservative uh, than what the national average is, uh, but there are certainly uh, there's certainly a wide spectrum, and that I think that someone would find um, uh, people uh, to their liking uh, that they would be able to to visit with that would have similar views. Uh, regardless of where they are, kind of on the political spectrum, um, the uh, uh, the Lutheran churches in this area, like I said, are are very uh, are very faithful. In terms of uh, in terms of uh, raising a family, I think one of them besides besides your church, which is uh, first and foremost, you really have to think kind of about the the big ticket items. It's just like, well, where am I going to work, and what kind of work is there? Uh, am I going to be able to support my family? Uh, what sort of education is available and, and things like that. Uh, like I said, there's a lot more jobs here than what I would have uh, probably imagined. High, higher speed internet is uh, being implemented um, even as we speak. 
and that will help uh, existing industry and all of the uh, jobs related to agriculture uh, in the area. But also, if someone wants to telecommute, if they have an employer that can do that um, and let them, we're going to have we're going to have people that live in central Iowa and, and, and go to a Lutheran church, but they might work for uh, some company in North Carolina or Florida. Um, if, if their job allows it, or, or maybe they only have to fly out to be there very infrequently, uh, a couple times a year, and that's uh, that's certainly doable. In terms of, I guess, someone whose expertise and uh, career goals don't fit within that small town or ag-related uh, things, um, Ames is not far. Um, like I say, it's 40 minutes. There are people that uh, that commute there. There are people that commute over to Waterloo, which is about an hour. Des Moines. If you can't find a job in Des Moines right now, because you're not trying, <laughs> and it's growing, and especially north of Des Moines, and so jobs are actually kind of growing closer to us as well. Des Moines is really growing towards the north, towards us, towards Ames, and uh, that will certainly help. Uh, one of the reasons that people would choose to live in a smaller town like Alden or, or Buckeye um, is that the cost of living here is much cheaper than what it is even in a place like Ames or Waterloo, and I think that those are very affordable as far as cities go. The cost of living is significantly cheaper here, but even from like Iowa Falls to Alden, the housing is significantly cheaper in Alden, so Alden is kind of a bedroom community for Iowa Falls in, in some ways, but we certainly do have uh, people that commute, and there, there are plenty of jobs around. Anybody who is kind of wondering about that, I just say, hey, just take a look around. If there's something you're looking for, um, and you're thinking about moving here, come in and visit. I'll help you look. I've done that. So uh, that kind of takes care of the job thing. Uh, in terms of um, and, and kind of cost of living, in terms of education, I don't think that uh, we are uh, unique in this, but I do think that our education opportunities here are quite good. Um, in terms of the public schools, uh, the things that Lutherans especially are concerned about is, well, what are they going to teach about human sexuality? What are they going to teach about evolution? Are they going to be completely hostile to any sort of Christian uh, worldview? Here in town, we have at the public school, there are a number of our uh, members that actually teach at the school. And so if I sent my kids to the public school, they would have some of my members at least some of the time. And that would be very good. And it's that way in other, in other areas as well as you kind of branch out from Alden and Buckeye. Besides that, you, uh, you do have a Lutheran school up in Latimer that goes up through uh, the eighth grade. Some Lutheran schools are, are better than others. Um, I think that it's actually uh, very good. The teachers uh, there are Lutheran. Uh, the pastor there is is teaching uh, every day of the week and uh, helps form and shape the religious instruction there. And uh, it's very affordable. Sometimes uh, Lutheran education in some places is quite expensive. There it's actually quite affordable, I think, without financial aid. With financial aid, you can pay very, very little and send your kids and have a very good quality Lutheran education. If not for uh, my other preferences, I'd be happy to send my kids there. And uh, we're, uh, my wife and I, we're still gonna go and tour there kind of once uh, some of the COVID stuff uh, settles down. But uh, uh, we've uh, chosen to homeschool our family and uh, we started doing that uh, just uh, within the last couple of years as our uh, oldest uh, gets into, uh, into that. Not every day is super easy, but uh, there is a lot of joy in it. It's, uh, it really is fun uh, being able to come home from work and uh, being able to ask your children uh, what they learned in school. And if they give me a blank stare like, well, we didn't learn anything, I can say, well, what did you guys actually <laughs> uh, talk about today? And I, and I actually know there's a lot of joy. We're also able to uh, pray more as a family. 
and uh, we can have, uh, if we want to have daily matins, we can have daily matins. If there's something going on with our family or with the church that we need to maintain a little bit of uh, flexibility, we're able to do that, uh, and that's very good. One of the other things about homeschooling in this area is um, I, I would say that the, uh, the pastors uh, in our district, on, on the whole, you're going to probably find more of them homeschooling than what you would in some other areas. And that's not, uh, that's not because we don't think that our Lutheran schools are good or want to try, try to say something about public schools. It's just that uh, we believe the best people to teach our children uh, is us. Um, and that we're given uh, that authority uh, in, in the fourth commandment, and uh, we take uh, pride and joy in doing that. Uh, we also realize that not everybody wants to homeschool or can homeschool, and so uh, I think what we do is we try to say that if you're a father and a mother, that uh, it's your job to see to the education of your children and to make sure that they're taught the Word of God. And uh, if you think that the public school is the best place for that and that that works the best for your family, then do that. And if you think that um, if you think that you want to drive uh, 20 minutes from Alden up to Latimer and take your kids to school there, then great, and you'll have uh, you'll have our full support in, in doing something like that. And if you w- want to try your hand at homeschooling or you're unsure about it or you want to know more about it, well, you know you can go and talk to uh, most of the pastors in our district, and they probably know uh, something about it or have done it themselves or have a close friend that uh, has. Uh, I think that that's fair and honest and good and because of that we're able to uh, support those that choose to homeschool one of uh, uh, one of my members is actually in one of the school districts nearby um, she's actually the kind of the homeschool liaison and so uh, if somebody does choose to homeschool their kids but they want to still have some kind of uh, relationship with the public school uh, and just kind of make sure that uh, they're not missing anything uh, she's going to be she's going to be uh, one of the people you'll be working with, uh, and 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 that's very and that's very good. We would prefer to have a homeschool group if we were going to have one that is made up of of confessional Lutherans uh, like us. And uh, I don't think that we're uh, terribly far from being able to kind of pull something like that together because it doesn't really take a lot of families. Uh, in my last parish. There was uh, two pastors, and we each had one family in our congregation that homeschooled, and uh, our families got together uh, one day a week. That was something that made it actually hard to leave because we figured, well, maybe something like that could develop, but it's not something that we could just step into. And uh, But uh, there have been other blessings uh, uh, since we moved here. Yeah, that's really good. Let's go ahead and go on and talk about one thing that's on many people's minds right now, and that is COVID. If you were to place Iowa on a spectrum, and let's say California and New York were on one end in terms of their response, and like South Dakota and Florida were on the other end, where would you place Iowa? I, I guess in terms of government orders and regulations, I wouldn't put us uh, too far from South Dakota. Um, our governor, I think, has been trying to be really uh, realistic and fair and realize that anything that she issues from her desk, even with all of the the qualifications that she might make are going to impact families and communities and churches a great deal. And she'd be painting with a very broad brush and she can't possibly anticipate everything. I think that she realizes that a lot of Iowans, especially in rural areas, that we have our own businesses, we have our own farms. And if we interact with people, we probably need to. And she also realizes, I think, that we're grown adults and I don't think anybody has been living under a rock. I don't think that they don't know about COVID. I don't think that they don't know about what the social distancing and masking benefits are. You can you can look that up. And if you think that that's important to you and your family, then you can do that. 
But I, I think it really is that uh, she just thinks that Iowans need to have the freedom to make their own personal choices. And she also knows that uh, we're going to bear responsibility for those choices. I think that's one of the things that's kind of been missing from the national conversation is that if someone makes the choice for us, we're never going to get to a point where we actually know how to respond to uh, this pandemic or some other one. That's a hard thing. Here, I think, uh, for the most part, people are pretty favorable towards that. Some people, of course, wish the governor would do more. Um, I, I've, I've heard a few people that wish that the governor would just uh, stay out of our business and leave us alone. And uh, that's, uh, that's the hard thing, I think, about being a governor right now or being the, the pastor of a congregation or being the administrator at a school. You're having to make some choices for people that you really don't want to make. It's not, it's not something that I think anybody enjoys being put in that position. And uh, to a certain degree, whatever you decide was going to make somebody upset. <laughs> Maybe a lot of people upset. That's very true. All right, now let's go on and talk about more fun things. Talk about the, the things that you'd recommend if you had a friend coming into town. Things to do, places to eat. Like I said before, uh, there's a ton of parks, being able to fish, uh, being able to go camping, and those sorts of things. Um, here in Alden, it's really nice. Iowa Falls is appropriately named, but uh, Alden also has a, has a small dam. And so the, uh, the river that goes from here to uh, Iowa Falls, there are people that I think are in their kayaks every day um, out there. So there's a lot of outdoorsy type stuff. Also right here by Alden, uh, we have something uh, called the Calkins uh, Nature Area. And uh, there's, a, there's a small museum there. We have not been to it uh, yet uh, because of uh, some of the COVID stuff, but uh, there are a number of trails um, out there. I can leave my house and I can, I can be out of my car and hiking in five minutes out through the woods. It's not, uh, it's not you know, super long trails or anything like that, but you can, get, uh, uh, you can get a couple miles in. It's really nice because you can go there and you don't have to spend the whole day there uh, and there's not a lot of travel time. And so uh, that's very convenient for us. And I suspect that in the, in the coming year, as our children get older, we'll spend uh, even more time out there. Um, in terms of uh, other stuff around here, in terms of eating, if you want kind of some of the nicer things, of course, Ames is, is where to go. Uh, my personal favorite in Ames is uh, Hickory Park. It's a wonderful uh, barbecue place that uh, even though it's across the district border, it is, it is well known by the pastors in Iowa East with, you know, even if you get an hour or an hour and a half uh, from Ames. It came highly recommended and has not disappointed. They have a very uh, long dessert menu with all sorts of ice cream and shakes and malts. Pretty much every time we go to Ames, if we have time, uh, that's uh, one of the stops we make at least for dessert. Then uh, more locally here in Alden, we do have a couple of restaurants. Um, one of them is called uh, Westside. They basically have a made from scratch breakfast on the weekends and uh, that's pretty popular around town. I actually prefer going on Thursday nights to their pasta night. It's uh, very affordable because it's kind of their specialty. Uh, they make everything uh, from scratch and uh, do a little better than what you would expect normally would be able to be done in a small town just because they don't have the, the volume of customers. Then uh, a few nights a week, uh, there's also a place that uh, has homemade pizza. And uh, we enjoy that on occasion as well. Fantastic. All right. So now as we start to close out the podcast, I want to make sure to give you the opportunity to point our listeners where you'd like, your church's website, places to follow you online. Where would you like to point our listeners? Uh, we have a Facebook page, which is where uh, most of our stuff goes to. Uh, it's where we uh, live stream our services um, and all of that fun stuff and also have a few uh, congregational announcements. You can search for uh, St. Paul's uh, Alden and Buckeye. 
and uh, you can find us. Uh, if you have any uh, have any trouble finding that, please uh, let Nicholas know, and uh, he can get in touch with me, and I can uh, get you connected that way. But uh, we'd be happy to see you if you ever have uh, uh, opportunity to visit out here, whether you're our uh, gracious host on the podcast or somebody listening in. We're always up to have a company out here, and it uh, does break up kind of our ordinary routines. We're pretty self-sufficient here, and uh, the uh, uh, people of the congregation are, uh, are really wonderful, and uh, you'd love to meet them. Fantastic. So listeners, make your plans to visit Buckeye and Alden. Pastor Traffigan, thank you so much for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? If you're listening to uh, this podcast, um, I think sometimes that's because you're thinking about, well, where would I like to live someday? Or where would we like to visit? Um, or what should, you know, what should my Lutheran church be thinking about? The current day is very evil. We can kind of, uh, we feel anxiety because of the COVID, because it wreaks havoc on our churches. And we also see uh, kind of how the culture is becoming more hostile to us. The fact that we have uh, lived a relatively comfortable in a comfortable time up until now is actually kind of an outlier within church history. The church has actually uh, suffered more throughout history than it has enjoyed very secure and peaceful times. So we have uh, we have perhaps uh, some learning to do there, but that happens. The cross, as we as we, as we bear it, um, it produces righteousness in us. It, pr- it produces a stronger faith. It it refines us, and uh, and that's very good for us. And I would just say, uh, don't uh, don't be afraid uh, to to suffer those things, and don't be afraid uh, to embrace it and to uh, remain firm and steadfast as uh, Saint Paul encourages us over and over when you read through his epistles he's constantly saying stand firm stand firm uh because our uh our first inclination uh because of our flesh is to kind of take a step back and try to kind of protect ourselves saint paul kind of urges us to uh, to uh, take our stand on the public square and uh, certainly don't be rude or unloving but to uh, declare the mercy and the truth of god and uh, he will surely bless it absolutely thank you again god's peace thank you you too Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. If you would are interested in going to the church's website or checking out any of the sites that Pastor Traffigan re- recommended, check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 51. You'll also find there a link to add Crucem. Remember, they want to help you get ready for Christmas with their great collection of Christmas ornaments, gifts, cards, all sorts of great stuff, robustly Lutheran. It's just fantastic. Check it out, adcrucem.com or go to lutherancartographer.com slash 2020gifts to be redirected to their site. If you're not already, be sure you're subscribed to the show on iTunes or on Stitcher so that you don't miss an episode. While you're there, I would appreciate it if you would leave me a rating and a review so that more people will be able to listen to the show. Thanks again for listening. I'm Nicholas Weber. I'll talk to you soon.